Broadcasting from the Business Radio X studios, here is your R3 Continuum playbook. Brought to you by Workplace MVP sponsor, R3 Continuum, a global leader in workplace behavioral health, crisis, and security solutions. Hi there, my name is Shane McNally, Digital Marketing Project Lead at R3 Continuum. On this episode of the R3 Continuum Playbook, we'll be featuring a segment from a recent webinar presented by R3 Continuum's Vice President of Crisis Response Clinical Services, Jeff Gorder. This recent webinar is titled Coordinating Compassionate Care After Disruption, Not Your Typical Counseling. Jeff brings more than 30 years of clinical experience, including consultation and extensive on-site critical incident response to businesses and communities. In this segment from our recent webinar, Jeff was answering questions that were asked by some of our attendees during registration to the webinar about disruption in the workplace and what leaders can do to respond to some of those events. What steps can employers take to respond to a disruption? Yeah, I think that's, uh, again, that's kind of getting to the heart of the matter. And I, I really appreciate that because that flows pretty naturally from our first one. So if we start with the assumption that uh, crises will occur, how can I, as a responsible business leader, take some steps? And and it begins with the concept of engagement. You know, engagement at the workforce is a very uh, prominent uh, concept and one that is uh, frequently looked at and analyzed that uh, particularly from large scale um, employers, you know, mammoth ones to uh, to a mom and pop shop with a few that being able to understand, influence, promote, encourage worker engagement is a um, is a, a hot button issue right now. And part of that is for two reasons, because an engaged workforce is protective in the concept uh, or in the context of what we've been talking about with disruptions and crises, that it's important to recognize that an engaged workforce, and there's typically two metrics that that uh, researchers use um, to, to gauge how well a person is doing. They look at engagement, which is how well they're doing at the workplace, and well-being is how well are you doing outside of the workplace, things like health. Uh, relationships, uh, financial stability, all those kinds of things um, are reflections of well-being, whereas engagement is how invested am I at work? How um, energetic am I? How how um, much am I pouring realistic time, energy, and effort into uh, doing well at work? And the key thing is, and what's so fascinating about this research, is that we tend to think of engagement as the workplace well-being as at home, the, the research is absolutely clear that they are mutually influential, that what happens at the workplace affects what happens at home. And what happens at home obviously is brought to the workplace. I bring myself to work. And so concerns I have with other issues are going to have an impact. And so both of them um, influence each other. And we have to look at the both to understand the whole person, the whole individual. Um, now, what is so cool about that is that I think uh, the research showed, and more rec- this is more recent recent research showed that um, engagement influences aspects of well being beyond what we think. You know, so you might think, well, if I'm happy at work, I'm going to be happy at home. True, but it's also true that if I'm happy at work, I I tend to be more healthy at home. My relationships are stronger at home. 
My obviously my financial stability can be better at home because I'm engaged in meaningful work. It's it's a fascinating thing that I think most employers um, are unaware of the outsized impact that they can have in both spheres. The more I promote engagement, the more it spills over and enhances the well-being of that individual and also makes it easier when they when they are having trouble um, to be able to focus at work. So if they're having difficulty at home, they could focus at work as well. Um, and so employees that identify as thriving, the characteristic of not just muddling through, not just enduring, but actually thriving, growing, vibrant. Um, and, and that is, a, again, research tracks that employees who identify as thriving, who have both high engagement and high well-being, report greater confidence in managing the unexpected. It gives them greater buoyancy, greater ability to take the hit when the hit comes and I bounce back quicker, more effectively, i.e. resilience. I have greater resilience the more my engagement is um, is uh, um, fostered at the workplace. Um, but not only is it protective, but an engaged workforce is profitable. I think the research, this was somewhat surprising that the research found that business units with high engagement, employees who report high engagement, are 23% more profitable overall. And so they, quite frankly, they make more money. They are more profitable. And also some of the things that are cost drains, uh, they experience lower turnover, experience lower absenteeism, lower accidents at the workplace, and they experience higher customer loyalty. So not just their employees, but engagement is an investment in customer loyalty because it turns out customers like shopping and doing business and, and procuring services from places where the employees are engaged, where there is a positive workplace culture. They Customers want to go to a place where I I think those who are meeting my, my needs, whatever it is, um, they pick it up. They pick it up and they say, that's a place I want to do business with. I want to go back there. And so engagement is is both protective and profitable at the same time. And, you know, before we move on, I, I just kind of wanted to, to talk a little bit about that first point about, you know, the engagement and well-being. And I think that you mentioned it a little bit, but it could be anything that outside that it affects you inside. It could be you know, a family pet is sick or it's a, you know, a loved one is, is, you know, they, they're sick or they just passed or something like that. That can totally impact how somebody does at work. And then when they go to work, if there's no support, no engagement, nothing, you know, it's just like they, they're clearly not going to feel, uh, you know, appreciated or supported by that company. And then it's not going to, it's not going to reflect, right? I think that's a great, I think that's a great observation and really, again, makes it very, very real to so many of us uh, that, that, okay, those, those issues at work, I am not holding my employer responsible for the death of my pet or for um, an ill loved one or for uh, a situation that occurs in my, you know, among my friends or in my, my neighborhood. But what you highlight, what you, what, what it, what is implied in it, and it's, it's nuanced, but it's powerful, is that um, 
the engagement I have at work is sustaining. It gives me more energy. It gives me more bandwidth to be able to manage those things in my outside of work life because the workplace is providing um, an engaged, energizing um, environment for me. Um, so it's it, it's that um, it's not that the manager directly impacts that uh, you know what I do with my pet, but it he provides that opportunity. Workplace is um, functionally resilient, which is to say, I want when I have success at work, it breeds success in other areas of my life. It when I'm able to confidently do something at work and feel that my efforts were worthwhile and engaging, that spills over. That gives me confidence. Well, maybe I can also manage these other things in my life. And so it is a core bedrock element that is so often overlooked. And uh, it's why I want to highlight that leadership really plays an unexpected and outsized role in promoting not just engagement at work, but well-being at home. And I think that's perfect into the next slide, uh, you know, talking about leadership and, you know, really getting into the, the nitty gritty of things. Exactly. And so leadership really is the key, as you've sure picked up already, as I've been talking about is that and, and one of the again, I'm looking at research. I want this all to be grounded in, in research. And one of the largest surveys recently on burnout, which I think we can we can disengagement is certainly an aspect to burnout. They they identified that of all the reasons that people say, here's what fuels my burnout, here's what fuels my disengagement, um, far and away, the number one um, uh, contributor was feeling unfairly treated at work, unfair treatment at work, closely followed by lack of manager support. So, um, you know, again, feeling un- unfair and feeling lack of support, Put th- putting that again in the context of a crisis. You know, so when a crisis occurs and if I feel that I am misunderstood, mistreated, um, unfairly asked to do things or unfairly blamed for things, if I feel that the manager's only response is, well, get back to work, time is money following the crisis, um, that just highlights that sense of disengagement. And those are things that leaders have a direct influence over. And conversely, looking at the positive, those who report my manager truly cares indicates the highest levels of thriving. Recall the highest levels of engagement at work and well-being at home, both in and out of work. Those who feel that their manager cares um, have the highest levels of Uh, of engagement and crisis. Again, think about the judgments that fall on leaders following a crisis judgments of were they fair? Did they get it? Were they supportive? Were they caring? Were they um, reasonable in their expectations? And, and um, did they have a plan? All of those things. Think, think again in the, in a workplace crisis that brings all these issues to sharp focus that, um, how how a leader communicates is going to um, directly influence the sense of uh, feeling fairly treated at work and supported. And just to just a kind of a follow up question on that, Jeff, you know, 
with leadership and now we're talking, you know, maybe it is something in work, maybe a, you know, I feel like disruption can come in so many different forms. They can be the, the bigger things like we mentioned earlier, you know, maybe it's a workplace shooting, but it could also be something as simple as, you know, you know, coworkers are out to lunch and one of them drops and has a heart attack or something like that. And they could be totally fine, but those that are around the person and saw this person drop and have a heart attack, that's, you know, a pretty daunting thing. And they may not be able to just go straight to work. So, you know, is it always important for leadership to be active and supportive and provide resources, even with the the smaller things, um, you know, that kind of disrupt those coworkers? Well, I, I, you, you ask a very uh, poignant question because um, one can say, you know, let's say it's a, a, um, a small work group and one of the members, you know, has a, has a heart attack or dies in a uh, automobile accident. Let's say it's a small bank branch and, um, there was a note passing robbery, no weapons brandished, no threats made, but somebody passed a note and, and the, the uh, teller was robbed. You might say, well, you know, um, how significant was that? How important was that? It was pretty doggone important to that one individual, to that one employee, the one who works next to the person who's no longer going to come back to work, the one who was in that queue and had to receive it and had to give the money because they understood there's an implied threat. Um, it's, it's not the, it's not as if there's an obje- objective to cr- criteria that one can say, ah, well, this crisis, uh, clearly meets some, you know, arbitrary, uh, you know, metrics of crisisness and that it is worthy of response. No, it's not the crisis that drives it. It's the impact on the individuals that drives it. And so, you know, you are absolutely correct. It does, it's not a numbers game. It's not about, well, did it make the local news and therefore we can now treat it as a crisis? No, most um, savvy leaders know what a crisis is for their folks. And it might be something, uh, you know, as mundane, if that's a correct term to use with crisis, if it's something as course of life events as the kinds that we're talking about. It doesn't always have to be a big giant issue. It can be something that impacts perhaps only a handful of people, but how the leader responds to it shapes their culture and begins to um, uh, foster that engagement. Those are opportunities. Disruptions in the workplace are inevitable. Following a disruption, being reactive will typically be much more impactful on your employees and organization. Having a proactive plan and resources available following a disruption is key as a leader. R3 Continuum can help. Our disruptive event management services offer the best in practice and tailored solutions to help your organization following a disruption. Learn more about our services and connect with us at www.r3c.com or email us directly at info at r3c.com. 